Before we start this episode, we have a quick message from our sponsors. If you're studying for the Foreign Service Officer Test like us, we have a great study tool for you. Besides listening to our podcast, we also use FSO Compass. On FSO Compass, you can find practice tests for every section, comprehensive courses that guide you through the entire application process, and you can even connect with other aspiring U.S. diplomats. The resources have really helped us prepare, and we hope they help you too. To access FSO Compass and get 10% off your annual subscription, be sure to use the link in our description box. Good luck! Oh, thank you. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of How Did We Not Know That? My name's Jack. I'm Nat. And today is our season finale. Super exciting. So Nat is going to present on the last topic for season one. Yeah, so we started with an assassination story and we're ending with an assassination story. So today I'll be talking about the assassination of President James Garfield. Um, And this story, like, it's literally so wild. So before I get into it, Jack, what do you know about President Garfield? Um, I'm trying to think. Because someone gets assassinated towards the end of the Gilded Age, and then that... Did he get assassinated in the Gilded Age? It's like, he's assassinated in 1881, so... Okay, so I think this is the one where after he's... I actually think I know a bit about this, because I was going to cover it, but then he basically got... Did he get shot at, like, a train station? Yeah. And this was... And then it led to a bunch of civil reform because it was a time where everyone just had, like, one term as president. Yeah, like, I think in the Gilded Age episode, you talked about the patronage and spoil system, right? Yeah. So there was a lot of reforms about that system, like, because of President Garfield, and he was, like, really progressive about, like, civil service reform and everything yeah so actually you know a decent amount i literally like i had heard his name before but i don't think i knew anything about him until i started doing research on this but now that i've done my research i'm actually a huge garfield fan this dude is amazing and like i don't know why we don't talk about him more so Let's get right into it. Americans at the time considered President Garfield to be like one of the most promising presidents of their era. He was born to a poor family in Ohio. Shout out to Ohio. And he was actually the last president to be born in a log cabin. So like that's how long ago this was. He worked his way through college. He attended Williams College. And then he was a professor at Ohio's Eclectic University, which is now known as, like, I think it's Hiram College. I don't know how to pronounce it. Hiram College, maybe. He also, like, became president of this university. So that's cool to see, uh, like, how much he, like, he uh, appreciates education. And he's also a lifelong abolitionist. So he fought to end slavery. And he served as a union general during the Civil War. So he, like, is 
an amazing man. Yeah, solid. This is, like, unheard of for this time period. I know. I know. I'm like, what the heck? How did I not know this? And then he later he decided to go into politics, right? So in 1863, he was elected to serve as an Ohio congressman. And he was a super big deal in the House of Representatives. And he played a big role in, like, almost every major issue of the time. People really respected him. And he helped win the passage of the 14th and the 15th Amendments, which guaranteed equal rights for freed slaves. So we love that. What a progressive man. What a decent human being. And he was also just like known as a really great person overall. He is described as having like a great amount of energy, eloquence, and charm. He had five children, and he was a really good dad. He loved to play with his children and spent so much time with them, which is, like, super unique, I guess, for this time period. I feel like this is, like, the time period where, like, people think children should be seen, not heard, and, like, it's very, like, strict, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't think you, like, bond a lot with your children back then. But he lo- he was, like, such a good father, and... This is so sad that he dies in this episode. You're really hyped I know. I know. As I was reading this, I was like, no, not... <laughs> like, this is so sad. I wish it had a different ending, but... Uh, spoiler alert, like, he dies. Uh, <laughs> but in 1881, he was elected as president. He was a member of the Republican Party, and he became the 20th president... And he was only 49 years old when he was elected. And that made him the third youngest president when he took office. So he was just this super young, progressive guy. So he assumes office, he becomes president. And sadly, his presidency only lasts four months. And it actually, yeah, I know, it's like, it's really, really short and really sad. But his presidency actually had kind of a rocky beginning because he wanted to make really progressive changes right away Uh, and his biggest focus as soon as he assumed office was to eradicate the patronage and spoil system that was dominating the U.S. government. So Jack kind of mentioned it in a previous episode in our last episode about the Gilded Age but just as a refresher uh, the patronage system is when a political party gives important influential seats in government to its donors and supporters as a like a reward and it's also an incentive to like have them keep working for the party. So obviously, like that's not great because they're being rewarded for their donations and not their merit. So President Garfield was like, "Uh, no, this is no bueno." And so he like had he clashed with a lot of wealthy Republicans who were trying to buy their way into his administration. And these wealthy Republicans were pretty upset because they had donated a lot of money to his campaign. And they were like, okay, like, give me give me the power now. And he's like, no, no, thank you. And so they were, like, really mad at him. <laughs> mad at him. But Garfield was so determined to get rid of corruption in order to clear the way for policies focused on civil rights, education, and economic growth. So, oh my gosh, I'm... I love this man. Um, (laughs) And so on top of all this, like, so he's fighting with all his wealthy supporters. And then um, to top it off, like his wife, Lucretia, almost dies from malaria, like his first few months in office. Oh my gosh. He's like going through a lot. 
Well, besides, yeah, like, I mean, he's... he hasn't been assassinated yet, but he goes through a lot. <laughs> Yeah, it's about to get worse for him, but like so far, it's not super great. And so on July 2nd, 1881, President James Garfield was leaving Washington, D.C. to take a much needed vacation in New England. He just needed a, a break. And he was so excited because he was bringing his two teenage sons with him and his good friend, Secretary of State James G. Blaine. And he was also planning on giving a speech to his alma mater, Williams College. So he was really looking forward to this vacation. So he leaves the White House and he takes a carriage ride to the Baltimore and Potomac train station where he would leave for New England. Uh, And for those of you who are like familiar with Washington, D.C., the train station no longer exists today, but it was located near the National Mall. Also, just like a side note, when I was doing my research, I'm like, wow, he took a carriage ride. I'm like, obviously that makes sense because it's 1881. But in my head, I was like, that's like so ancient. That's wild. He's an ancient guy. Yeah. (laughs) Right. And okay, so President Garfield, he wasn't accompanied by any bodyguards or security because like at the time they didn't they weren't as worried about assassination attempts. Yeah. Like you said in the uh assassination or william mckinley was assassinated episode (laughs) that wasn't a thing to have secret service till after his assassination yeah so it's like non-existent for garfield as well yeah yeah so like uh james garfield would be the second president to be assassinated and then it was it isn't after it isn't until after president mckinley the third president to be assassinated where they're like oh maybe we should <laughs> maybe we should get some security on these guys but yeah also it's just like so crazy about crazy to think about like man how much has changed from 1881 to today because uh like a few like in 2016 i saw president barack obama speak and there was so much security at that whole event and it was like super scary and intimidating Also, okay, not to get too much into a rant, I guess our level of security that we're used to seeing around the president isn't necessarily like a global norm. So when I was in Canada, like working in the Canadian government, I would just see Prime Minister Justin Trudeau like crossing the street to go to like center block, which is like the main, he would go from the Prime Minister's office to the main parliament building. I would just like see him and like, yeah, there'd be a couple like security guys with him obviously but like it like he's just like walking down the street actually same with new zealand i remember on their anzac day which is similar to our memorial day in the united states jacinda arden the prime minister of new zealand was just (laughs) right there watching like the anzac parade and everything i was like I could talk to her right now. I have never seen, (laughs) like, any of our presidents this close, and Jacinda's just sitting right Right. there. Dude, that's so exciting, and that's so... It's, like, just so wild. I can't think of a better word for it, but it's so wild. And, like, actually, the most amount of security I ever encountered in Canada was with when Vice President Mike Pence (laughs) visited Canada, and there was, like, the whole street was, like, shut down, and I was like wow how much we have like changed since (laughs) james garfield to today yeah i wonder if any of these other countries have had like multiple assassinations of their leaders though because yeah Yeah. by the third one we're like okay maybe it's a dangerous position yeah 
I don't know. I yeah. I think it depends like on the region and the country. But like, did there have been countries like where there are like military coups and like complete overthrows of government too? So yeah. So <laughs> anyway, um, at nine twenty a.m. President Garfield entered the station and he's walking arm in arm with his friend Secretary Blaine. And as the men were crossing the lobby, Charles J. Guteau, he sneaks up behind the two men and he drew his pistol. And a witness would later recall that Guteau's eyes were steady and, quote, his face presented the appearance of a brave man who is determined upon a desperate deed and meant to do it calmly and well, unquote. So Guteau fired two shots at the president from point-blank range, range, which we discovered in our first episode is, like, from right in front of you. Like, yeah, directly like, directly next on you. your, like, skin or something. Not skin, but, yeah, like, directly yeah. touching, like, your body. Yeah, like, you're super close. And so the first bullet grazed Garfield's right arm, and he shouted, my God, what is this? Um, and it was just so, like, it's so sad. He was, like... Like, so shocked, obviously. Yeah, his kids are with him, too, right? Yeah, his kids are in the lobby. Not directly next to him, but, oh, okay. like, they're at this train station. But he's oh. directly next to his friend, Secretary of State James Blaine. And the second bullet that Guto shot was more accurate, and it struck President Garfield's lower back, which knocked him to the floor. And... Yeah, it was so sad. And immediately, the station lobby is filled with screams from terrified and panicked bystanders. And Guteau actually tried to flee the station, but a man blocked the door. And then a ticket agent and a police officer came and grabbed him so he couldn't leave. And Guteau is immediately surrounded by an angry mob of bystanders. And they're all shouting, lynch him, lynch him. And yeah, so they're like swarming up against him and they're getting violent. And so at Guteau's own request, the police escort him to the safety of the jailhouse so that he's like not attacked by the angry mob. Mm -hmm. So you might be wondering, who is Charles J. Guteau? So he, at the time, he's 39 years old. He's from Illinois. Awkward. <laughs> uh, from, yeah, I know. And he lived a very unique life. He's also not very mentally sane, and family members and acquaintances had always suspected that he was insane, he was not mentally sound. Uh, he spent the majority of his life drifting from city to city. He had a million different jobs. Uh, he, at one point, he was a lawyer, a preacher, a bill collector, and a salesman, and he even spent some time living in a free love religious commune. But even though the commune practiced, like, group marriage and they wanted to love everyone, <laughs> they kicked Guto out because he was, he did not vibe well with them, I guess. But I think the craziest thing he ever did was decide to attend the University of Michigan. Oh my um, gosh, <laughs> makes sense. Michigan still sucks. Yeah, Michigan still sucks. Sorry, guys, but this is, like, your most notable alumni. yeah. No offense to our Michigan listeners. We're not. Oh, just yeah. kidding. Like, it's not. <laughs> yeah. All of our Michigan listeners just immediately, like, unsubscribe. Right. But <laughs> no, sorry, guys. It's all. We mean well. But. <laughs> and so, additionally, he is very involved in politics. And he's a hardcore Republican. He wrote a speech on 
Garfield's behalf during the 1880 presidential election. And even though, like, literally no one heard it or paid attention to it, it was just, like, his own speech, whatever, Gutel believed that his speech was a key factor in Garfield's victory. In his mind, he was, like, one of the main reasons why Garfield won. And so after President Garfield is inaugurated, Gutel moves to D.C., and he visits the White House very frequently, and he... I don't know the details, but somehow he managed to arrange a personal meeting with President Garfield, which is so messed up. Uh, In this meeting, he gave President Garfield a copy of his speech, and he was like, hey, I wrote you this speech. I helped you win this election. Can you reward me with a uh, diplomatic position in Paris? And obviously, Garfield said no, and Guteau was like was furious he was enraged uh he was really upset with Garfield's view on like his work towards removing the patronage system and he wanted revenge because he thought he had been like screwed over yeah I remember reading that he really thought that he deserved this position and then to not get it was like which that's hard because that's like a diplomatic position to be sent overseas and like the government pays for you to handle international relations like you have to take you see like nat and i are studying to just take a test for a chance to get to do that so like to just demand it in that time which i don't know how diplomats were assigned back then was it probably part of the spoil system too yeah i think it was kind of like you rewarded your friends Mm. and like your your top donors at the time but that's why Garfield wanted to change all that because he's like we should be sending our best and our brightest not the most wealthiest so right yeah but Gutel like really took it personally and he like became obsessed one night while lying in bed Gutel had what he described as a flash of divine inspiration he thought that God wanted him to kill the president and that this the murder of James Garfield was a mission from God. He was convinced that the death of James Garfield would save the country because it would allow his vice president, Chester A. Arthur, to take his place. And after this decision, Guto stalked Garfield across Washington for weeks waiting to shoot him. So he like was really determined. It wasn't just like a one-time thing. It was like a really long process. He was so methodical about planning this murder. It's really frightening. He conducted target practice with an ivory-handed 44 caliber pistol, and he bought this specific gun because he thought it would look good in a museum one day. He tried to take a tour of the district jail because he assumed he would be living there once he was arrested. That's literally so creepy. What? Yeah, dude. And then, listen to this. He carried a letter in his pocket that was addressed to the White House saying, quote, The president's tragic death was a sad necessity, but it will unite the Republican Party and save the republic. Life is a fleeting dream, and it matters little when one goes, unquote. Like, this, it's so creepy. Yeah, that's creepy. Wait, okay, I'm curious, does he have any money? Because we know during the Gilded Age from the last episode, so you want to be mm-hmm. a billionaire? Um, there's just, like, <laughs> insane amounts of wealth disparity between uh, people in the United States. So I'm yeah. curious as to how much money he had and if he was able to buy his position, like, or if he attempted to. 
Yeah, I actually don't know the answer to that. I don't know how much money he had, but I would assume he had enough to live comfortably because like he keeps changing his job and he keeps moving locations. So I don't think he came from like an incredibly wealthy family, but I think he like made just enough to be able to switch careers like every year and then move across the country all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he doesn't sound like he has a lot of like high morals either so who knows like what other stuff yeah it doesn't sound like he's working like 14 hour days in a factory exactly like he doesn't have a 401k i don't think (laughs) he's not saving for retirement okay so after he is shot by guto president garfield is lying down on the train station floor and he's bleeding profusely and after only a few minutes 10 different doctors arrive at the scene to examine him and try to locate the second bullet. And so this will be like the whole struggle is like no one can ever find the second bullet. And at the time, nobody knew it, but this bullet had missed Garfield's major arteries and vital organs and it like lodged itself near his pancreas, which this is like a survivable injury. However, the group of doctors that were like there at the scene they were well-meaning but they only made the situation worse because they were using unsterilized instruments and like dirty fingers to treat the wound and so this introduced a lot of germs to it and caused a major infection yeah that's so sad because isn't the william mckinley assassination if i'm remembering correctly wasn't it the second Mm -hmm. bullet as well that ended up getting infected and he died yeah yeah it was like the same thing where like the first bullet like barely bothered him and like it barely uh hurt him and then the second one was like and they also had they never removed the bullet so yeah there are like quite a few similarities between the two assassinations but And so after a full hour of excruciating prodding. He's probably no anesthesia, just fingers in there. No, literally. Like, and he's just on this train station floor for an hour. And like all these people are just like poking at him. And oh my gosh, I can't even imagine. Um, So after an hour of this, President Garfield was carried from the train station to a bedroom in the White House. And the doctors didn't think he would survive the night. But... Garfield was like really strong and he put on a brave face for his children because they were like with him at the scene and he like told his children that like he was going to be okay he's going to make it um and the newspapers reported medical updates updates daily and Americans read each update extremely intently and he stayed strong the first few days but his condition got worse after his doctor (laughs) his doctor's name is Dr. Willard Bliss like, literally, his first name is Doctor. <laughs> like, uh, what? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. So, that it's Doctor, so Dr. Willis Willis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's you can tell what his mom um, wanted him to be. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, he had no choice That's in his future. That's some pressure, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, if your name is Doctor, and then you become, like, a stand-up comedian. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, you got no choice. But anyway, so Dr. Bliss, he administered heavy doses of morphine and alcohol. Um, and this made Garfield really sick, and it left him weak and emaciated. And still, like, none of these doctors could find the second bullet. So Dr. Bliss actually invited Alexander Graham Bell, the inventor of the telephone, 
he invited him to the White House to try his new invention, the metal detector. Uh, he wanted him to use it to try to find the second bullet. But, like, this didn't work for two reasons. So first, there was a lot of interference from the metal springs on Garfield's bed. And then oh. second, Bell, like Alexander Graham Bell, was only allowed to search the right side of his body because Dr. Bliss incorrectly believed that where that was where the bullet was lodged. Dude, I feel like Dr. Bliss is not a doctor. I feel like his first yeah. name was doctor and they misunderstood. Yeah. Like, is that his only credential? Is that yeah. his name is Doctor? So, like, <laughs> he really oh was a stand up comedian. This is what actually yeah. happened. <laughs> Honestly, oh my gosh. Yeah, it's really frustrating, like, in hindsight to see how. Yeah, you could it was just handled. put him on the ground and then check his whole body. Yeah, I don't know why he was, like, so stubborn about only the right side. Like, I don't know if it took a long time and, like, was hard for President Garfield to, like, bear. But, like, I don't know. Why wouldn't you just search the whole body yeah. while you're there? Conspiracy theory. What if Dr. Bliss actually supported the assassination because <laughs> he wanted the patronage system Dude. to continue? Dude. Oh, my gosh. That thought. would be insane. Yeah. I mean, it sounds That's like it. Why would you? What doctor would just be like, <laughs> nah, check just one side. And if it's not there, yeah. then you're like, well, um, like, just check the other like, side. Um, like, if you couldn't find it on <laughs> one side. Right? And it's it's the president of the United States. Like, you guys, like, you have the whole country, like, kind of. Yeah. Like, this is the best guy? Yeah. Really? Literally anyone. <laughs> like, get another doctor, please. <laughs> Honestly. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't, I know nothing about medicine, but uh, it seems fishy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but, so, okay. So, by September... Um, so as a reminder, so Garfield is shot in July. And by September, President Garfield had a massive infection. Like he was in sepsis. I think that's what you call it. Like sepsis, where like your entire body and all your organs are infected. And this was most likely caused by his medical treatment. Yeah. And he was left with a persistent fever. And he had like abscesses all over his body. Like I think that's like welts kind of like okay i yeah i don't really know um blisters almost like boils yeah yeah kind of like that okay like i think they're like really painful though Mm, and like everything is like festering and he's really not doing well he so before his shooting he was 210 pounds and by the time of his death he's 130 pounds wow he lost so much weight like from all these infections how what was the time progression sorry no you're fine it was beginning of july and then he spoiler alert he dies early september so whoa he lived a long time actually yeah okay i was like i was assuming it was gonna happen in a few days i was like how do you drop a hundred pounds yeah (laughs) one day Dude, no. Yeah, it's, like, really sad, though. Like, the doctors did not think he would survive the first day. Like, they thought he was going to die within a matter of hours. But he held on. But, like, he was in an extreme amount of pain this whole time. So he's, like, suffering for months. So it's, like, really sad. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, like, so President Garfield is finally taken to a cottage on the Jersey Shore because they thought that the cold sea air might help revive him um and he wanted to be like in a peaceful place 
And however, after 79 days of excruciating pain, James Garfield died on the night of September 19th, 1881. And he was president for only 200 days. That literally sucks. It really sucks. And like, I don't know, just the reason for his murder is kind of frustrating too. Yeah, they kill all the best presidents. They really do be like that. Really? What the heck? Yeah, it just shows like, I guess, when you try to challenge the status quo, how dangerous it can be. Yeah, especially really important changes like ending slavery shot. Like, civil rights movement shot. Like, yeah, oh, like it's pretty any bad. corruption. Like, man. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a difficult thing. Yeah, now let's see, what, let's see what happens to Guteau. So, Charles Guteau, his murder, tri- murder trial began in November 1881. So, like, pretty much, like, a couple months after President Garfield passes away. And he was hated so much by the public that the court had to go through 150 different men in order to assemble an impartial jury. And on two separate occasions, people had, like, come and tried to shoot him. So, like, everyone hated it. Yeah, people were so pissed. They were like, dude, we really liked him and you suck. Um, Yeah. (laughs) And, yeah. And so at his trial, Guteau pleaded not guilty by reason of insanity, arguing that the murder had been God's act and not his. And this is, like, fun fact, this is actually one of the first high-profile cases in American history for, like, someone to use the insanity plea in court. Wow. So... That was, like, a first for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Guto, his lawyers also argued that President Garfield's death was the doctor's fault and not his. And I thought this was, like, super interesting. And this is actually, like, partly true. Many historians believe that Garfield would have survived if it weren't for the limitations in medicine in the, 18, in the late 1800s. Yeah, Um, yeah, but it still, like, would have been difficult to survive, so who really knows? Right, Um, and also, absolutely, because we talked about in the last episode how low health standards were, and they didn't get changed till 1916. That's so gross that all just these random people from the train station, well, not random, but random doctors (laughs) show up at this train station. You assume they're doctors. Maybe their first name is just doctor. (laughs) And they're just touching your wounds with no gloves, no sanitary equipment. I don't know if they wash their hands. Dude, probably not. They're just like trying to act and help him immediately and they don't think about it that's a smart lawyer that lawyer is very smart yeah. if before you even understand yeah. infections like no one understands on a on a like national scale people don't really understand how infections work that the lawyer used that and said that the doctors had killed him from infection yeah for real and like well they said it was like their medical treatment so i don't know if he specified infection but like i thought that was still such a clever argument to be like Yo, like, obviously it had to do with the doctors, and so, yeah. Yeah, that is like really a, smart. I don't lawyer. even think I would have come up with that. I'd be like, clearly this right? man killed him, but he was insane. Like, that's what I would go with. Yeah, but, like, despite all of this lawyer's, like, all of his lawyer's arguments, the jury took less than an hour to deliberate, and Charles Guteau was found guilty in the murder of James Garfield. Surprise, surprise. And on June 30th, 1882, nearly a year after he shot the president, 
Charles Guiteau was executed by hanging in Washington, D.C. Oh, okay, death penalty. Oh. Yeah, he got death penalty. And so, obviously, President Garfield's death had a huge effect on the whole country. And in honor of his death, the 1883 Pendleton Civil Service Act was passed. And, yeah, I think you're familiar with this, but this act mandated that government jobs had to be awarded on merit rather than political affiliation and it's one of the most progressive political reforms of the late 19th century aka the gilded age um <laughs> so yay and then chester vice president chester a arthur became president i tried to do research on him like not a lot happened he kind of just tried to yeah he was focused on civil service reform like president garfield uh he only served like three years though so yeah like he served the remainder of president garfield's term and then he didn't run for election uh because he had like poor health Mm. yeah that's all i could find about him (laughs) yeah no that's okay it's i've never heard of this president too sorry but yeah it's hard to make a lot of change especially during that era with all the really big money and the government was yeah indebted to all of the wealthy robber barons so it's like a lot of work you have on your plate mm-hmm. and kind of spooky yeah like the president just got shot and now you want to continue his policy yeah yeah like he got killed for these same policies so maybe that's another reason why like president arthur was kind of like mm, i'm gonna i'm gonna chill a little bit <laughs> like <laughs> try to stay you. alive during this term <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> yeah and so like i mentioned earlier the train station where President Garfield was shot no longer exists. It was actually demolished later. But the location where, like, yeah, the location of the train station is somewhere between the National Gallery of Art and the Federal Trade Commission. And this is actually, like, one of the most busiest spots in D.C., but most of the people don't know the history of behind the location or the legacy of James Garfield. And it wasn't until 2018 that memorial plaques were finally put up on the National Mall in order to memorialize President Garfield. So it like took so long. Like this so such very recently that we're finally like trying to recognize this history. And yeah, that's the assassination of President James Garfield. I'm so sad I it took me so long to like learn about him. Um and it's really sad because I think he could have had a lot of he had a lot of potential as president. Um, it's interesting to think, yeah. like how different the world would be if he wasn't killed. <laughs> yeah, if he had gotten his chance. Yeah, that's sad. But that's yeah. Thank you so much for covering <laughs> him. There's so many presidents that I don't really know what they did, and Garfield sounds like an awesome uh, president and just person in general. Yeah. So I'm glad you covered Thanks. this. Thanks. Yeah, it was. I mean, it's a wild story. Uh, yeah, I wanted to end see- this season, our first season, with an assassination also. <laughs> Come full circle. It's really good. I like that we, like, ended it right? on that. It's really and good. And just, like, a f- reminder to everyone, four, there have been four, four presidents who have been assassinated. President Abraham Lincoln, uh, James Garfield, William McKinley, and John F. Kennedy. So now we know. Um, <laughs> yeah, and so I guess that wraps up 
Season one. Oh my gosh. It, went, yeah. it flew by. Oh my gosh. Any announcements though? Should we, don't forget everyone to uh, like us on Facebook at How Did We Not Know That. Follow us on Twitter at HDWNKT. Instagram as well, HDWNKT. Check out our Patreon at How Did We Not Know That, where you can become a history hero and support us and get exclusive access to behind the scenes things and poll access so you can help us choose some topics and yeah subscribe to us on youtube let us know how you're doing heck yeah and then yeah we're coming back in a couple weeks don't you guys don't have to worry don't miss us too much we'll be back shortly uh with season two which is world history um we're super duper excited about that so stay tuned we have like literally the entire history of the world to cover there's so many things we do not know so thanks everyone for listening and we'll see you guys soon yeah thanks for all the support for season one yeah you guys are great bye 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 This has been an episode of How Did We Not Know That. If you liked it, don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. You can also follow us on all social media, including YouTube, at How Did We Not Know That. If you thought our podcast was low quality, we know. We thought so, too. Help us improve the podcast by contributing to our Patreon. Thank you for listening, and see you guys next week.